Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello and welcome to episode 5. Today I chat to Rebecca who, together with her husband, runs Wildflower Illustration Co, where they sell beautifully illustrated cards and wedding stationery. I chat to Rebecca about her big career change, growing your Instagram, the benefits of working from home and taking time off to find inspiration. Let's jump straight in. Hi Rebecca, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on. That's all right. Thank you for having me. Um, so for those who may not know you, uh, would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm Rebecca. I live in Cheltenham with my husband and my puppy. I say puppy, she's not really a puppy anymore. My dog, Martha. Um, and I run together with my husband a little business called Wildflower Illustration Co, which um, is a predominantly online shop selling um, all kinds of stationery, predominantly centered around my illustrations. Um, we do wedding stationery, greetings cards, um, all, all sorts of things. Um, and and yeah, so so up until um, last last kind of last couple of years it was sort of a side thing um but since um last year we've we've both quit our full-time jobs and do it full-time which we've been absolutely loving yeah that sounds so exciting so um what did you do beforehand then because obviously you, you said it was kind of a side business to begin with yeah uh yeah so um quite quite different I was um a trainee solicitor <laughs> so uh, yeah, totally, totally kind of not connected to the business that we do now, but um, quite, quite helpful in, in some ways to have done something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, so I, I am actually technically a qualified solicitor now. I did the, I did the two years of training, got my qualification and then um, <laughs> was like, actually, I'll try something else now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming, I'm assuming you um, studied law at university then? Um, I actually studied philosophy at university. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I went to Warwick um, and I, so when, when I was kind of deciding what to do at school, I didn't, I didn't really know, to be honest. Um, I have always been creative, but I've kind of always enjoyed academics too. So that's always been a bit of a kind of push and pull for me um, that I've never quite known exactly where, which, what to follow. Um, but I, 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 um, I didn't do philosophy at my school, but we did uh, religious education, which kind of touched on elements of philosophy. Yeah, my school did the same actually. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I like absolutely loved it. It was it was kind of the first subject that really brought me out of my shell because I used to be really shy and not really participate in lessons but RE was the one place where I would kind of like really really engage and you joined in the conversation get, get involved with debates and I think that my, I had an amazing teacher who really kind of like nurtured me and um I I I've always just kind of asked the kind of questions that philosophy asks and I felt like I was the only one asking them kind of I've literally just always been like but why so like why why do we exist <laughs> what is the right thing to do how do we know what to do and just all these huge questions and everyone was kind of like Rebecca it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> um and I was kind of just always always asking them always thinking about it um and so yeah when I when I found out that you could actually go to university and and do a whole course asking those questions and kind of debating that I was really excited and I absolutely loved my degree um just like really threw myself into it um really really enjoyed it uh but the problem the problem with philosophy is that you can't I mean you can't you can be a philosopher you can be an academic philosopher but it wasn't something that not, being an academic didn't necessarily appeal to me and I couldn't really see that many real world implications of real world kind of transferring into how, what to do with that so um I even though I absolutely love my degree it's still kind of I still kind of got to the end of it and was like now what yeah I can <laughs> um, imagine yeah, yeah. Um, and the other the other thing that I did kind of dabble in at university was um so Warwick are really good and they, they let you kind of try out some different subjects so I um did do a creative writing course um oh. So so yeah, in in my second year, um, I kind of 
did a creative writing module um, and ended up instead of a dissertation doing 30 pages of poetry which was good um so that yeah sounds, that sounds really <laughs> exciting really interesting so yeah that um gave me kind of something else that I could think about doing um but again I wasn't I wasn't quite able to see myself being a writer necessarily but I did really enjoy the creative aspects of that but yeah that <laughs> still didn't really leave, leave me with a job so so at the end of university I kind of thought about all of my skills and what what I'd been good at throughout and law was one of the things where it was it's, it's kind of quite a straightforward career path it used a lot of the transferable skills that I'd uh, learned in during philosophy um so yeah it was kind of just yeah I, I could do it I had the qualifications to go for it so without really thinking about it too much I just went for it um and I did you know I don't I don't regret it at all I did I really enjoyed the um especially the the academic aspects of of um I did a GDL which is the law conversion course right so um, is that what you need to do um obviously having not studied law you need to do that yeah. first don't you yeah yeah so if you've if you've done a normal degree then you can just do instead of doing a three-year law degree law degree you can convert in one year uh which is quite it is quite stressful and it's a lot of work but I I, I really enjoyed it um and then then you still have to do an LPC which is the solicitor's practice course so at the end of the year you decide whether you want to be a solicitor or a barrister I went for solicitor and so then you do the LPC. And is that and two is that, years of training? That's that's one that's so that's one year of more study. <laughs> okay. And then and then you then you find an actual firm to work for and you do two years of training with them. So in total the, the law the law thing was, was four years. Um and yeah, I I learned a huge amount on it. And you know, I I think it's when you work in um that that kind of environment it's invaluable the the skills that you learn the the way that you uh talk to people emailing um just being part of an organization and seeing how that works it's all totally invaluable and I would definitely never change it no I can imagine it's it's obviously yeah it's really valuable experience just being in that um kind of corporate environment I suppose it does have its benefits so yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, you learn you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah, I can <laughs> um, imagine. Yeah, and a lot about the world. And I, I don't think I think it was a lot that I didn't I really. I think you have to almost do that kind of job to to realize how some of the world works. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. Or at least experience it. Yeah. So, at what point did you decide you were going to start um, illustrating? At, at what point in your life did that kind of become? Um... So. Uh, yeah, I've I've always I've always loved drawing and always painted um, from a really young age. But um, I think I think like a lot of people, it's something you do when you're a child and you you kind of carry on. Sometimes when you're a teenager, and then as kind of real life starts happening, you inevitably stop. Or or Just I did don't anyway. Have the time for yeah, it. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but when uh, in my Sixth, sixth form actually so so my my school's art department focused quite a lot on sculpture and 3d type things which I never really got on board with I really liked the kind of the actual quite fine art um which they didn't do so much of so I I didn't do art at GCSE at my school or a level but I did find a an evening course um near where I live oh well you might actually know it. Uh, do you know Patchings oh I do yes yeah Patchings Farm mm-hmm. yeah so they did an A-level course when during when um the time when I was doing my other A-levels they they ran an A-level course which I I then sat and that was much more fine art um, and I really really enjoyed that so that was kind of I guess where I sort of learnt to draw in quite a traditional sense because they it they did use very traditional methods and know like the color wheel and and kind of drawing from from real life yeah so so that was that was uh really really valuable for me because up until then I just kind of done it for fun Um, yes I suppose you gave you that grounding that it was kind of those basics yeah yeah um but beyond that I haven't done a huge amount of actual training in art it was just something that I just enjoyed doing so 
in terms of actually selling things I didn't sell anything during my A-levels that was kind of all just uh for fun really it was when I um I'd been off to university come back was doing my law stuff and I found out about an art fair that was going on and my friend well I think it was it was kind of arts and crafts and my friend was doing um a cupcake stall and so I thought okay well I'll just I'll just make some cards because I I had always been making cards for friends and family and I just thought well I'll just make you know I'll make a load of cards and I'll take them along and I'll see if anyone wants to buy them yeah Uh, and it did really well it was it was I wasn't expecting it at all but it, it did do really well and um it was at that day actually that um a a lady who owned a local farm shop approached me and said oh would I be able to buy you know 200 of these I was kind of like what (laughs) um I still was hand painting them all at this point and was just like yes (laughs) at this point did you decide you were going to have to kind of make it a little bit more sustainable in the fact you know printing and stuff well the first 200 cards I did hand paint oh wow people got a good deal because I think they were probably about two pounds fifty and they were hand painted but um yeah after that I was kind of like yeah if if this is going to be something that I'm doing a lot then I I was going to have to uh, so yeah I did I did then kind of get a printer and and start looking at it but um oh, oh yeah I also will mention that um my husband actually had played a part from the, those early days because he did he, he was then my boyfriend did come along with me to the fair and help me out and also he was very good at kind of I would do some of them and they would not necessarily be be that good <laughs> and he was very good at just tactfully being like I really like this one maybe you should do more like this <laughs> which I think he still um, kind of does today in terms of just just generally I'm not always when you've just kind of painted something I'm not always that good at kind of seeing whether it works or not oh absolutely it, I agree yeah. it's very hard to judge your own work yeah, so, so it's actually so helpful to have someone um nicely just saying you know that works that doesn't and that immediate feedback and he we do have quite usually I won't agree with him at the time and then in two weeks I'm like yeah you were right <laughs> yeah it, take, um, it takes time to come around to some stuff sometimes yeah so I think we do have similar taste but mine's just uh, a bit like has a lag if I've done it I can't tell <laughs> well <laughs> and then I agree with him later down the line so so that's that's really helpful to have always had him um kind of tagging along but yeah it just it it then it then just grew from there really um I think I th- think I then opened the online shop quite soon after that and that was just kind of brought in a steady trickle I got a few more other suppliers around who were taking cards and then it was, I think it was in that year that a friend asked me to do her wedding stationery. So that, that was where that all started with, with a real wedding, which is really nice because um, I think I think it's always nice if you start with something authentic and real and it, it grows from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And at that point, did you think that this may be something you might want to pursue further? Or was it at the time, was it just kind of like a side passion project? So it was it was definitely a side passion project, but I think I re- I did realise quite quickly that I could actually make some money from this. And I I had initially been doing waitressing, which I was awful at. I was genuinely the worst waitress, and um, so I quite quickly stopped waitressing and did focus more on this. So it was it was you know it was um, actually making money even at that that point. So that did make me think, oh hang on you know, I could, I could sort of think about doing that. But I think because I was already down the the law route, I never really dreamt that it would be much more than a side job or, or kind of, uh, you know, a way of pulling in some extra money on the side. Yeah. It wasn't till quite a lot later that I realised that this could actually work. <laughs> and so what was the turning point for you to decide then that actually you would like to pursue this as a, as a full-time job? Um, yeah, uh, so... It was, I, so the, what we always say about the business is it's always kind of taken on a bit of a life of, of its own. Mm-hmm. We've because we've been quite lucky in that it has always done well. Um, it's always done well online and through Instagram. Um, so it's kind of always almost forced us into making difficult decisions. So um, 
when I'd kind of got it to a point where it was doing well, it was making money. We um, we already had a year of travel booked between me finishing my studies and starting my job, graduate job. Um, so we we were, we already knew we were going away for a year, and it was my mum who said, "You you can't just close down the shop." <laughs> and I was sort of yeah I have to and she she said that she would take it on she would kind of sell the cards we let we taught her how to print everything we taught her how to use photoshop so she could actually do quite a lot of the invitations herself just using a I created a font of my writing um so so yeah she was she was amazing because I think it may well have just closed at that point and then we may have got back from traveling and just thought you know well we're too busy now so it was amazing that she carried on she she did so well and like yeah she loved it everyone I I kind of got back and thought everyone likes you more than they everyone was (laughs) so all these all she's just she's really friendly and everyone was always gushing in their emails like thank you so much (laughs) that's that's (laughs) so incredible though that she's um managed to keep it going yeah no I'm so grateful to her for that um but yeah that meant that when we got back you it still had something going yeah. so yeah. yeah it was still going and so we took back the reins and uh even though we we so we'd moved to Cheltenham by this point and Carl started his teaching job um so Carl Carl used to Carl has tra- trained as a primary school teacher and uh worked as a primary school teacher for three years mm-hmm. um and so yeah we were both doing our separate jobs but then doing doing the business in the evenings and it was it was at that point when we changed the name to Wildflower Illustration Co, we we had been talking about the business all the way through traveling. So we would always kind of, it would always be something that we'd sort of come back to. And maybe, maybe it was whilst traveling that we did sort of start to dream and think, you know, maybe this could one day be something a bit bigger than it is now. Um, I think when you travel, you, you, your horizons get opened and you imagine lots of different things. So we, we did, that was always our favorite discussion to kind of imagine what could be um but still that was still kind of quite a dream I I never really imagined that it would happen as quickly as it has I thought that that might be you know something that I did much later on maybe in about 10 years or whatever um so so yeah no it's been really nice that it it then did sort of take off but oh yeah sorry coming back to your question I think I think the the business in once we turned it into Wild Illustration Co I really kind of focused on the Instagram and it was really something that I just put every every single scrap of my energy into outside of work it was it was my passion I really loved it and I really started to really love it at that point and because it was doing so well it it almost put us in a bit of a conundrum where we we weren't really it was getting to the point where we weren't coping doing both of our full-time jobs yeah I can imagine and business was really overwhelming but that it was actually Carl first of all who said he he happened to it happened to coincide with him not really enjoying the school that he'd started working at mm-hmm. um so he he made the decision to um leave the job hand in his notice and initially we said okay well you can do supply teaching because that's obviously an option available to teachers which is quite nice and flexible so he decided to do supply teaching and then he said well you know I can take I can do more of the business in, in my spare time but what actually happened was that was the Christmas that he stopped working and then by the Easter he was full-time doing the business so that kind of gives you an indication that as soon as as soon as we kind of did put a bit more time into it it sort of ballooned and it does it, it? It's, yeah, yeah. It, you I think I think a lot of people think oh well you know I'm doing all of this in my spare time so if I left my job then then I'd have so much time. I'd have all of this time to do all of these projects. And then you leave your job and it's sort of like, oh, uh, all my time just got filled up with whatever used to take two hours. It just, yeah, it it just fills it up and balloons. So it it does. It's funny. I've experienced that very much myself. I've only just gone full time uh, at the beginning of April. Um, And yeah, all of a sudden I thought I'd have all of this time and, you know, endless hours to fill but actually in reality you start obviously I am more flexible now with my time which is nice but you do take on a few extra projects like for example this podcast and all these other bits and it quickly very quickly fills up it fills up just full days just disappear don't they yeah they do they do um so you've mentioned your instagram 
yeah obviously yeah. you have a very kind of healthy following so did you kind of grow this organically yeah so the wildflower instagram account like i said it only started uh, when we got back from traveling and i don't i don't know whether that almost maybe helped because um I think sometimes newer accounts seem to do a little bit better. I mean, I've definitely noticed because I had my personal account, which I grew when I was traveling. And that's definitely kind of stagnated quite a lot. Whereas I find the wildflower one just grows almost of its own accord. And that, that could be partly to do with content, um, might not just be the, the kind of age of the account. But maybe it was just kind of, you know, something fresh and new. But yeah, it, it has done, it has had really steady growth um, since since we started it. I feel like um yeah it's it's um it seems to be doing really well uh but I definitely think the content uh, that you have on there is, is definitely the kind of uh, key to it I think it is very very well curated and very oh, well put you. together <laughs> so it's definitely yeah that definitely contributes massively um mm-hmm. but I know that you kind of share quite a quite a bit of your personal life on there do you think that that's helped uh, in having kind of an engaged audience yeah, I think so. I think people do do really enjoy to see the story behind the brand. And yeah. um, I definitely do when when I kind of if I think about who I follow and who I love following, it just it seems easier to connect to a real person when you know a bit about their life. And that's not to say that it's it's totally necessary or that everyone has to and there's obviously kind of a level that everyone will have of comfort of how much they feel they can share but I I do think that helps in terms of people people love to make connections that's why people why that's why social media is so addictive um it's about that that human connection so I think when you kind of take it beyond just a brand and you make it about real people living a real life then that that definitely helps and it, it kind of yeah I think it makes you stick in people's minds more yeah I definitely agree I think it it does particularly for smaller brands you've you uh, well you don't have to but I would say that it is very beneficial to to kind of show that just human side of it I suppose yeah definitely and and it's it's um it's what all the big brands always try and do (laughs) they always like innocent smoothies they always talk really colloquially and they try to come across like they're just you know this bunch of guys yeah yeah (laughs) so so it seems funny when people I think quite often it's a trap that people fall into when they're starting out that they think that they have to come across like this huge business and or, you really or come across yeah or come across as very kind of very professional very yeah. formal and yeah, yeah. and I've, I, I personally always wanted to stay away from that because yeah I wanted my clients to feel like you know we could just chat about anything and then yeah, it was definitely. just very very down to earth as opposed to this kind of very formal uh, relationship I, I didn't ever kind of want that with my clients yeah. so yeah I definitely agree. Yeah, I think definitely as a photographer, you almost you almost want to kind of become part part of of the situation rather than you don't really want to be feel like a photographer. You want to feel like just someone else there. <laughs> well, yeah, because you are. You do spend the whole time, the whole day with the with the couple uh, th- yeah. on their wedding day, and it, so yeah. so you are kind of a big part of it in a sense because definitely. you know you, you are kind of obviously you go away for portraits and all that kind of stuff so you are constantly in contact with them so yeah yeah yeah, you definitely need to have some form of relationship as opposed to just being very formal yeah Um, it just doesn't work um obviously so you're very active on social media I know you've got your personal account as well which is that that's quite a big one isn't it actually in terms of following yeah yeah how many is it is it at Uh, now uh I don't actually know around 26,000 so quite big (laughs) yeah quite big but but like I said I that so that that kind of really grew when I was traveling and I feel like it's sort of been dwindling then since then it's it's such a hard um I know that Sarah Tasker talks a lot about this I think it's really hard to find kind of once you once you find your audience on Instagram people that's all they want to follow so if you start off you know posting photographs of books and then you just suddenly change to flowers people are like whoa no no I want a book and I think I've slightly done that with my personal account because I started off posting all this travel and then I got back from traveling and was just you know like yeah I'm just having my coffee now (laughs) Um, so I think sometimes people that I I do get a bit demoralized with that account sometimes because it does seem to just kind of be dwindling but but at the same time I try not to get too 
kind of caught up in it all at the end of the day it's 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 a it's a social media account and it's just uh, a number yeah and if people yeah I, I'd much prefer that I had people who are actually interested in me following me rather than people who just want to see pretty pictures of traveling um and I do I do I mean I love I still we've done lots of UK holidays and I still really enjoy sharing snippets of that uh so I, I think ho- hopefully some people who are still there aren't just like really bored but <laughs> I would I would prefer that people were finding me and genuinely enjoying following me rather than you know just just sticking around yeah no I agree and I think it's it is about having that kind of engaged audience that actually um engage with your content not just uh like or you know because yeah exactly yeah it does make a difference and I think we do we can easily get wrapped up in the numbers but actually that doesn't matter as much does it no no definitely I think that that was definitely a trap that I used to fall into more Mm. I'm much more relaxed about it now yeah. I don't really I don't really mind um I, yeah I, yeah I kind of go in in little um stages where I'm kind of really wanting to grow my account and then I kind of go through phases where I just I don't mind whatever happens yeah. happens and yeah yeah and and especially when your account is really is business related numbers really don't mean anything like it's so much more important that you have an engaged interested audience who yeah. and a loyal audience who really who really like the stuff and and do take that time to comment or if you you know ask them a question then then you'll you'll hear back from them I think that's so much more important you could have a hundred thousand followers who just like things occasionally yeah, and that's exactly. so much less valuable than ten thousand followers who really really enjoy your content no I agree do you have any tips on kind of creating more engaged audience I think it sounds so obvious but engage with them I think ask questions um I love the I love the new question feature that's um that's just been introduced that's that's really good but also just you know just in your grid just I think people um you can ask a question and then that means that people comment more um and yeah it just kind of I think rather than being too self-absorbed just you know connect with other people um make conversation yeah make, make conversation and and show them that you actually care and value their opinion so mm. I I quite often on, on the wildflower account I do quite often just ask people you know what what they'd like to see in the shop or what things they particularly enjoyed and it's always so fun getting all the replies and seeing you know what real people actually think about it because I that, that, I think that's such an incredible opportunity that we have as small businesses these days like if you'd started a small business 50 years ago you'd you'd have not not really any genuine well actually no maybe 50 years ago you would have done because you'd just be a small corner shop but it's kind of you know it's sort of gone it's a big trajectory of we used to have these really small businesses that were really engaged with the people who bought from them and then it kind of moved to big business and then where big business didn't have any connection to their customers really other than just kind of throwing stuff out there and they wouldn't ever hear back Mm. and now social media kind of allows even the big businesses to hear back from the individual people uh so I think I think that that's really valuable so you can actually run quite a big shop or or business which previously you wouldn't have been able to get any feedback yeah no the the feedback the 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 fact that we actually can get feedback um, on our work and all these kinds of yeah. things, particularly for product-based businesses, I think, like yourself, yeah. I think it's so so useful. And like you say, it's 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 just there for the taking, and it's free. So yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we we, we pretty much do no other advertising advertising other than social media. We just that we I don't even really do I don't do any paid advertising on social media, as in for for advertising pretty Mm -hmm. much pretty much rely on just posting on instagram and facebook which is which is amazing because it is free um yeah i'm i'm at that stage where i'm I'm doing more or less the same um so instagram has been a huge um help and gaining clients and stuff so yeah Yeah. it's definitely incredible resource it is yeah um do you feel the pressure to kind of post often um I used to I think that's another thing that I've got better at over over time I think I found that there was definitely a a point where I thought oh I have to be posting you know once every two days or even once every day 
or you know people will lose interest and I think I've come around thinking that actually it's a bit better to be a bit more natural and if you feel like posting and you feel like sharing something then share it but if you don't then don't force it and just you know leave it until the day when you feel feel more more like sharing because I think it, it then will be more authentic and it will um will be a bit more genuine and and I I've never I've never kind of gone on Instagram and thought oh this account hasn't posted I'm <laughs> I'm annoyed mm, no <laughs> like, you, you don't do you no. no just nice to sort of see them when they when they're back and yeah. whether that's you know whether that's two day gap or a week gap I don't think it really matters I think the thing that matters most is that you're being genuine and you're not just you know throwing something out there for the sake of it mm. I definitely went through a phase where I felt like I had to post every day um, yeah I think that was that phase of really desperately trying to grow my account and yeah um yeah, and just... I think maybe maybe you do grow your account more by doing that but I find that it's yeah it's just it's it's more authentic and it's more um it's better for for my kind of you know uh, just just general life it, it put, puts less pressure on me exactly um, yeah and I think that's that's almost more important definitely no that's that's the thing so I've kind of come full circle and I'm now I'm in a, a stage where I haven't been posting that often recently um, yeah but I just don't feel like posting at the at the moment I'm so busy with work um, yeah there's so much going on that you know it's something's got to give and something's got to take a step back because otherwise I'll just be working 24/7 and that's just not healthy. Absolutely and I, I'm sure that you know when you do, when you do find the time I think I think to Instagram has to be a two-way street and you can't just go on there and shove something off and then uh, uh, shove a post on and then leave. I think mm. it's so important to be you know engaging and liking other people's content and commenting on other people's content. And so if I don't have the time to post something and kind of respond to the 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 audience then then I don't see the point in in going on at all if you see what I mean yeah no you've got to be kind of intentional about it I yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. so I know that you work from home don't you yeah okay so um how is it how do you kind of struggle to have a work-life balance or do you find it easy to switch off um sometimes I definitely do struggle I think I think it is it is a challenge from working from home but I would say that the benefits outweigh the negatives in yes. that I I absolutely love working from home. I love being able to just go and make food and a cup of tea um, and go at my own pace. And, and I've, I've always been that type of person who I have to go at my own pace. I, I hate being forced into things or, um, yeah, I, th- I think working from home allows you to be a bit more gentle with yourself. And so I do sometimes if I'm if I'm not feeling great and not I think because quite often I do have to feel creative to to create something then I've I have got much better at just letting myself do what I feel like doing and and if that means that I end up working a bit later then that's fine um but for me that that feels like a much more natural way to work whereas I think if I had a separate office um I would feel a bit more constrained into sort of office hours uh, that's not to say that I end up working really late, but it's just it's just that it does it does give you that flexibility, and it means that we can walk Martha in the morning, and we don't feel like we have to kind of get going, you know, straight away at half past eight or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I I love the flexibility of it. I think I definitely struggled to switch off at the beginning when I when I first left my full time job. I put quite a lot of pressure on myself to be working all the time. Yeah, it's easily uh, done. Um, yeah, physically at the beginning. Yeah, I think a lot of people have that at the beginning that you you feel guilt when you're not working, and even though if you were in a normal job you'd still have you know the evenings and weekends, but yeah, exactly. when you then, I think because I used to work evenings and weekends in the business, so then I kind of felt like I had to work all the time. No, I totally yeah <laughs> I totally get that because I obviously having come from working a full time job and doing photography um, yeah. on the side. Um, I'm still now kind of I work more or less full time in the week and then I do a wedding at the weekend sometimes too and then that usually leaves me with like maybe maybe one day off yeah (laughs) um if I'm lucky um so yeah I do need to kind of have a think about that because I think at some point it will take its toll potentially Um, yeah but I I feel it's 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 hard though because I feel like I feel guilty for taking time off in the week which is silly 
Yeah, no, I completely, I completely know know what you mean, and I think it, it is. I think it's about sustainability, and you have to recognise that in yourself whether whether that is going to be sustainable yeah. for you. And for some people, you know, one day off a week is is fine, and for for other people, they they need more. Especially, I think if you are a creative, I think it's easy to underestimate how important that that inspiration time is. Yes. You have to go off and spend time. Well, for me personally, I have to go off and spend time in the countryside and spend time exploring new places and that's you kind of almost can't put a value on that it's not it's not working in itself but but it contributes to my creativity and therefore it is very important yeah it's a vital part of it yeah yeah Yeah. but that that does come with time I think so you've mentioned um kind of going away into the countryside and stuff I've seen that quite a bit of that um on your Instagram and stuff you obviously share when you do go away um what's your kind of favorite thing to do to unwind um I yeah I love walking I love um walking the dog um I I enjoy yoga as well um and that just just kind of just being in the countryside so I love um love the beach I love woodland and mountains and being out in the nature yeah 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 being out being out out in nature which I didn't necessarily realize that about myself for quite a long time Mm. but I grew up in the countryside and I think that that has influenced me more than I necessarily gave credit yeah for. more than you realized yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so you've mentioned yoga as well is that something because I, I know on your personal account you used to post quite a bit about that actually um is that something you still do regularly yeah I do I do still do um at home a lot um so have I have I have I mentioned yet that I'm pregnant I can't remember you haven't no (laughs) No. so so I'm pregnant um 18 weeks so uh that's that's put a bit of a hold on yoga uh, because I was doing hot yoga which isn't suitable if you're pregnant so uh that yeah I did I did go regularly to a, a local studio which is was absolutely fantastic and I was really really enjoyed that and that was really good for for kind of my mind especially when I was quite stressed with um my old job and running the business in the spare t- in my spare time so I yeah I still definitely have a place for yoga in my life but it's it's a bit more gentle I've just started a pregnancy yoga class which I'm really enjoying um, but yeah in 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 um in general that is something that I I um I find really important for my mental health uh physical health I, I absolutely love yoga. I think mm. everyone should do yoga. <laughs> I've, I've kind of uh, dipped in and out of yoga, but it's never kind of, it, it just never quite stuck. But yeah. It's always something I've always wanted to do more of. So <laughs> I think, um, I think the really key thing with yoga is finding a good teacher. Mm. So I, I used to, I've always dabbled in it and we did, we did it quite a lot when I was traveling, but I'd never actually found, um, I, I used to do a lot of kind of online yoga or just yoga at home. Yeah, I've done quite a bit of that as well. Yeah, and whilst that is really good, I, I think it is really good to actually find a teacher um, or a studio with, with a few teachers that you really like. Because mm. I think um, it, it's like anything, it's it's something that you can you can always learn a lot from from someone actually showing you how to do it and and almost just that accountability of you know showing up all the time yeah of course yeah yeah and I think the better you get the more you enjoy it Mm. um and the more kind of it does provide that release I think I think yoga can be quite hard at the beginning especially the classes can be quite hard so you almost don't get the benefit straight away you have to stick up to it a little bit um but yeah 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 but I I yeah I absolutely love yoga I think it's been been really important for me yeah so obviously huge congratulations on your pregnancy <laughs> thank you That's very thank exciting you. <laughs> do you think um the pregnancy has changed the way you look at your business um possibly although I think I think the going full-time with the business I've, I've always I've always known that I really want a family and that family is going to be a big part of my life. So I guess that was actually quite a big consideration in deciding what to do. So I've always kind of imagined that the business would be incredible to do full time 
almost because of that family aspect of it mm-hmm. because it would allow me to have a bit more time with family whereas um if I was doing a full-time corporate job I think that the reality is that I wouldn't have as much time with family as I would want and that's right for some people but I've always felt that that wasn't necessarily going to be quite right for me um so I so I think I've always imagined the business as as being kind of built almost around a family and that was one of that was one of the reasons why um so I'm I'm 27 so I feel like I'm quite I'm quite a young mum not really young but obviously I think a lot of people um sort of don't really think about a family until their sort of 30s um but that was one of the reasons why we did actually think that actually maybe we could start a bit earlier because I really wanted the business to be built around a family rather than to build up this business and then for a family to come along and kind of <laughs> have to then reframe everything. So I think I think it will inevitably change the business how it is now, but it's a young business. So I think we'll we'll manage that and I think we'll um we'll essentially create the business around having a family. Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds obviously running your own business does give you that flexibility and I think that is like you say it's key Uh, it is that kind of um that huge benefit of running your own business is being able to build it around what works for you yeah yeah and it's I'm sure it's not going to be you know plain sailing there'll there'll definitely be some challenges and I think sometimes um you just work through those though when they happen so yeah exactly yeah, Yeah. yeah yeah And do you think you'll be taking some time out during the first kind of few months or are you kind of um, hoping to carry on working? Uh, what's, um, the, what's the plan? I don't, yeah, I, I think I think the plan is to play it by ear. I definitely okay. want to take some time completely out. I don't know how long that will be, but I think I think it's important for and for Carl as well to just, you know, especially with a tiny newborn to just sort of not have to think about anything else. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but how long that will be, I'm not totally sure. I I think the lines are a bit blurred for me because um, a lot of a lot of what I create is kind of stuff that I create because I've wanted to create it. If that makes sense, so yeah. not a lot. A lot of the illustrations that end up as cards or art prints, I haven't created them with selling them in mind. I've just painted something that I want to paint, and then it it's kind of worked as as a card or an art print and um so so I I think I will I will carry on painting uh not necessarily immediately but but I will I will I'll pick up my paintbrush um quite soon after because that is it's kind of it's a almost a therapy release for me I love painting I can't imagine not painting for for long so and and that will um I guess we're we're very lucky in that because Carl works in the business too that would kind of allow him to he could he he will probably inevitably go back before me and and kind of get the shop back and running and that might be that I'm creating new things for it but not necessarily just for the shop so um I think it'll be it'll be it'll be a case of playing it by ear yeah Um, that makes sense though I think you've just got to see what happens and just take it slow I guess yeah yeah and not I think not to put too much pressure on exactly exactly yeah Yeah. just enjoy that time because it is so precious and it does fly by so yeah everyone says (laughs) (laughs) it really does my son's now six so (laughs) it's um yeah it's flown by super quick so definitely make the most of it yeah um I wanted to ask you about the paper elephant project um yeah. yeah so can you tell us a little bit more about it yeah, sure. So uh, the Paper Elephant Project is a charitable sideline to our main business, um, which essentially it's um, a series of cards that we've created, which are designed um, in cooperation with a, a mental health charity. And we worked with their psychologist to create some messages, which are essentially appro- they're appropriate to send to someone who is experiencing a rough time with their mental health whether that's a diagnosed mental illness or just you know um just just a hard just a hard time mm-hmm. and um yeah i i really noticed that there was almost a gap for for something like that you go into a a card shop or you look online and it's all about kind of get well soon yeah i was going to say get well soon is the main get one well isn't soon. it yeah and it's not it's not um 
that's not very appropriate to say to someone who doesn't feel like they will ever get better yeah um so yeah I felt that it was really important that 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 we create something something like that um so the messages are they're really really simple they're kind of not um they're not elaborate at all so one of them is just I'm here for you Mm -hmm. um and uh you know it's kind of we we really wanted to stay away from I think the the reason that I wanted to work with a psychologist for it is because I think it's so um it's so tricky that that what what to say in that situation um and I think quite often things that people think will be helpful aren't Aren't necessarily they're kind of completely the opposite and I think that sometimes means that people shy away from saying anything so we wanted to come up with these messages that we're saying to people you know it's it's absolutely fine to send this you can't you're not going to offend them you're not going to say the wrong Mm -hmm. thing so I think a lot of people say things like oh you know it will get better it'll be fine um you know just you know the classic one is just get over it or yeah yeah and so we really wanted to stay away from messages like that um so yeah yeah that's that's and where where did the idea for that come from um so I actually had the idea when I when I was still working um the the firm that I worked for were really good actually in terms of their they did lots of um awareness things for, for mental health so we had some mental health nurses come in and talk to us um a bit about some common mental illnesses and um she she said a statistic was I think it was that eighty percent of people who return to the workplace after a mental health condition um, don't just are just completely not acknowledged. So no no one says anything about it. Mm. Uh, they just kind of I think that can make people feel even more alone at a time when they're obviously already struggling. And I just kind of I couldn't get my head around that. It seemed like such a high figure, and I was. I kind of imagined it happening in the workplace and then could kind of see that actually it wouldn't be that most people just didn't care or that they didn't um they didn't want to try and help but it would just be that they wouldn't know what to say because it I think so many people they're they're so scared of saying the wrong thing that they don't say no I absolutely agree it is a tricky subject and, and like you say people just don't know what to say sometimes so it makes perfect sense to create cards that hopefully will convey that message uh better yeah yeah. Yeah. So that was the idea to just kind of try and come up with something that that took away that conundrum that just said, you know, like I'm thinking about you or or I care. That like that just that really really simple message that kind of yeah, so it takes it takes it away from the person having to think about it. Yeah. And um it's just yeah. So so yeah, hopefully hopefully it is kind of making an impact in the real world now because it's been going for a, for a while. And are you hoping to kind of um, grow that um, further or is it? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I think um, there are a few directions we could take it. We've had quite a lot of people say that um, kind of suggest other areas that we could um, create cards for, which I, I think would be really interesting to explore. So people have suggested cards for who are going, who have had a miscarriage or um, having um problems with fertility and conceiving and so there are lots I think there's lots more scope for for kind of difficult topics yes yeah yeah so I know I would love to explore that more um definitely Mm, that sounds great um so what would you say are your goals for the coming year obviously I appreciate that the pregnancy (laughs) will be the kind of main um your main focus I guess um yeah yeah I think I think that is that is that is the main focus kind of just I think staying as close to how we are now and just but but hopefully maintaining that with with the baby in tow mm-hmm. I think that will be the main challenge we're we're really pleased with how the business has come along since we both started working full-time so I think rather than necessarily focusing on growth at the moment I think it will just be about create creating making making sure that that is sustainable with with another human to look after <laughs> Um, so there's two questions I ask kind of all of my guests that uh, come on the podcast. Yeah. Um, what would you say is your kind of favorite book that you've recently read and would recommend to others? Um, so the book is called What I Loved by um, Suri Hispert. I think I'm saying 
the second name right but possibly not maybe you could um if I find you a link you could we'll, we'll link in the show <laughs> yeah, notes, yeah yeah um and I've actually I actually reread it recently but it's a book that I've loved for a long time and um, it's just a really interesting mix of I guess it pulls together all the things that I love into one book um it's got quite a lot of philosophical discussions in there not necessarily kind of in-depth deep philosophy but just kind of those those big questions it just kind of considers them Mm. quite often in like quite a gentle way but there's also a lot of art in there it's set in New York um and so there's kind of I think one of the characters is an art historian and it's just kind of one of the one's a poet and yeah so it's it's very um um arty I guess but yeah it sounds right up my street though yeah no I I think you'd love it I think a lot of people would love it but I haven't really um no one really talks about it I've not I've not really heard anyone else talk about it no I've not heard of it before so yeah yeah yeah. that's a good recommendation um and who would you like to hear interviewed on this podcast so another um a fellow business owner who I really admire is Amalia from the Botanical Candle Company Um, and again you can you can link to their um their business I think we've kind of got yeah we've got quite um a similar business in some ways I think our aesthetics are quite similar but obviously they sell candles so it's totally different but um yeah I just I love the way that they conduct their business um it's really kind of authentic small um company who are growing though they they seem to be doing really well they've just opened up a shop um so yeah yeah I think it'd be really interesting to to speak to her and hear about her um sort of yeah motivations for the business and and long-term goals and things like that yeah yeah. that sounds great that sounds like a perfect fit for this podcast so thank you well thank you so so much for coming on it was a pleasure to talk to you and obviously congratulations again and I can't wait to hear kind of more news do you know Mm -hmm. if is it too early to know whether it's a girl Um, or a boy yet so well we are going to find out at our 20 week scan which is um in a couple of weeks time <laughs> very exciting yeah. so yeah were you do you think you'll be sharing that online or is that something you uh, want to keep to yourselves not decided yet i'll see okay <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out then thank you yeah. so much and thank you thank you and i'll speak to you soon Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can enjoy this podcast too. I'll see you next week.